So this episode, Sadie. So this is episode seven, Lie to Me, in which teenage cancer becomes a sexy vampire cult. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I guess, I mean, this one is more about, it's almost like, this This is very like, I mean, it, it's quite upfront about what the message of this episode is because Giles gives it at the end, right? It's like when growing up becomes complicated, becomes yeah. teenage cancer and a vampire death cult. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a dark one. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, I looked up the the translations. Um, so most of them are lie to me or liar or something like that. Uh, but in German, it's Todessensucht, which is death wish. Oh. Um, and uh, Italy are quite liked. It was la, la verita fa male, which is the truth hurts. Oh, yeah. You know, which is quite it's quite straight talking. And uh, I think this one was um, Polish, so I'm not sure I can pronounce this, but Sekreti Klamstwa, uh, which is secrets and lies. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, not, not nothing too kind of veering out of the ordinary in, in, in the translations this week. Um, what, um, lie to me, the English name, does it? What does it refer to? Is it like, is it ah. to do with, is it referring to Angel? It refers to the, the 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 difficulty of having to deal with, like you, you're lied to as children about how simple the world is, right? Okay. And, um, and it's, and you want the truth and then, and then the truth hurts, as Italy mm-hmm. says. And uh, then you kind of go back to wishing things return to like their simple state. So in the episode, when um, this. Angel comes in and they're talking, he, he finally tells Buffy about Drusilla. She says, like, don't lie to me, right? Says first time. And then the very end, when she's talking to Giles, she's like, he's now. like, what do you want me to say? And she goes, lie to me. That's so. right. So that's actually, this is this is a deeper episode title than we usually get. Yeah, yeah. And it's definitely, this is one of those character episodes. This is one of those mm. ones that's like kind of pushing them forward further in through adolescence you know working out the group dynamics that kind of thing i really like this episode i like several things in it um Mm -hmm. but mostly i think i really like the opening scene and the final scene so the opening scene oh yes the opening scene scene. it's iconic (laughs) run and catch the lamb is caught in the blackberry patch i love her she's exquisite She's absolutely exquisite. Um, although Jamie did point out, or he said he wasn't the first person to Google um, about the resemblance between Drusilla and L- Lily Allen, <laughs> <laughs> which I hadn't thought of before, but apparently people on the internet have noticed that. I don't know that. if I see that. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, this is this is masterful. It's very, like, it's a very classic horror movie. Uh, Juliet Lando is incredible. Absolutely um, incredible. The way her face and her tone changes is yes. like terrifying. Like yeah. the bit where it's the bit where he says, I'm not supposed to talk to uh, 
people I don't know or something like that. And she goes, and she's I'm like, not a person. Oh, yeah, but her whole face just stiffens mm. and she moves forward and it's so threatening. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely and she's, incredible. She says it in this really strange way as well, like like overly casually so that it mm-hmm. becomes really creepy. Like, I'm, I'm not a person, so that's okay. Uh, yeah, she's she's great in that. And this is like one of the scenes that has really stuck with me from like because it's quite a long time since I last watched Buffy. Yeah. And I don't remember there's episodes where I don't remember very much at all. Um, but I remember every line in this scene. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just beautiful. What point in this scene do at what point do you think the little boy should have run away? Um I think probably sometime before and not after she says what will your, your mummy sing when they find, when they your, find body? your body yeah that's <laughs> definitely the time to run and and instead of running at that point he stays and says oh, i'm not supposed to talk to people and just kind of d- uh-huh, doesn't uh-huh. run away what like i would have like abs like shat my entire insides out and run like six miles by the time she and- said that I mean, and she's obviously not a well woman, you no. know, like she she looks a bit lost, you know, and and fair play. Maybe he was hanging around to see maybe she needs my help, you know, but um, yeah, no, uh, that, that interaction goes on for a bit too long. But it's great. It's an incredible sense of threat. Yeah. Um, and parents of Sunnydale. Yeah. Parents of everywhere, but particularly Sunnydale. Pick up your kids from the play park before it gets dark. Yeah. Don't I mean, leave your kids on their own in the dark in the play park. Like, we all know, like, life happens. I'm not saying you've got to become, like, a perfect person just because you're a parent. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of vampires in Sunnydale and all sorts <laughs> of other shit. And he says something like, oh, she always does this or She's something She's always as well, late, yeah. You want to be, you wanna be extra vigilant when you know yeah. that there are vampires about. And presumably Sunnydale also has all the other threats to children and also yeah. vampires. So just pick mm-hmm. your kids up. Um, and then Angel uh, steps in, uh, saves the day, but also in a in a needlessly scary way to the little kid. Do you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, it's not his fault that his mom didn't pick him up. You know? Yeah, he's quite he's quite like as if it's the kid's fault. He's quite aggressive. Yeah, he's like run home as if oh you're playing with you know fire here. Yeah. Like, um. So then Buffy's up on the rooftop for some reason, mm-hmm. uh, maybe to get a good scope on the on the land and sees uh, Angel and Drusilla talking and it looks a bit like they're kissing, mm. maybe from the angle you're supposed to think, maybe, maybe, thinks that. Um, and, and Buffy's just chronically jealous throughout this yeah. series. Like, it's a common theme that, like, she thinks Angel's kissing someone else and he's not. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. doesn't help himself at all either, but, yeah. The lamb is caught in the blackberry patch. So is the first... Thing after the cold open is it uh jenny and giles i think so yes chatting about their date yes to see monster trucks see monster trucks uh which is which he doesn't know yet it's still a surprise because that's the whole thing he's like what am i going to oh, wear sorry. sorry they haven't gone to see monster trucks yet my bad my yeah, bad. yeah yeah no no she's she's saying that she's going to bring him to like a surprise thing or whatever and and then he's like oh being all british about it and like i don't know i wouldn't know what to wear or whatever and then in the end he says i will find i put myself in your hands and she goes that sounds like fun Mm-hmm. Which is another one of those sexy, sexy Jenny moments where yes. she turns everything into a rude little. And like, you just, I'm wondering the writers putting this, like, they're just like setting up these 
jokes for her constantly. Like, oh, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't had her be lewd in this scene yet. We need to, need to find a way to drop it in there. Yeah, basically everything Jenny says is like, that's what she said. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, she is the that's what she said uh, teacher at the school. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, exciting. You're starting to see like a little bit more, like a little bit more ease with each other. Mm -hmm. They're definitely, Mm -hmm. they're definitely going out. Yeah, they're having it. They've definitely shagged and they're having a nice time. I don't know if they've shagged. Do you think? I don't know if they've shagged. No, I I don't think they have. No. Okay. I feel like they haven't shagged. Okay. I don't think they've shugged. Okay. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's just because, you know, within the world of Buffy, sex needs to be something that you wait a long time for, otherwise you get punished. Well, when you're a teenager, <laughs> but Giles is allowed. Mm. No? Mm. He still gets flustered when she says things, though, which makes he me does. think that he does. He's not, like, when she says... When she says that sounds like fun, it's almost like, oh God, does she mean it that way or not? Whereas if they had slept together, okay, yeah, yeah, he would be like, oh, you, yeah, you know, he'd be like, yeah, it is fun, yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, nice, nice, this little building burgeoning mm. relationship there. Um, classroom. Yes. What are they learning about in the classroom? They're learning about the French Revolution. That's right, and Cordy's like, everyone's so hard on Marie Antoinette. She worked hard to look that good. Uh huh. And also, she wanted to give them cake, which is basically the premise for the Kirsten Dunst Marie Antoinette film, isn't it? Is it? I oh, haven't seen it. Yeah, so it's just like it's a film about Marie Antoinette, but they've kind of done it like a kind of like teen, like Mean Girls kind of fun. A little bit, but it also is like a historical thing. Um, but then they've they've used lots of like modern pop music and stuff. So it's like Marie Antoinette mm-hmm. being like a fun teenager, like California high school kind of girl. Yeah, like a Kylie Jenner type thing. Yeah, so um, presumably whoever made that um, watched uh, watched this episode and got the idea from Cordy. So I was wondering, so sometimes the <laughs> things in the classroom feel like direct corollaries of the themes in the episode. Ah. And other times they don't. Like, for instance, every time they talk about, like, the Monroe Doctrine or something like that there, and I'm like, aha, imperialism. But it doesn't really have anything to do with the episode. But, you know, (laughs) then I was thinking of that episode where they talk about, um, you know, the Merchant of Venice and that, like, had, like, a direct kind of thing. So I was trying to think if the French Revolution had anything to do with the themes of this episode. Like, Uh, people wanting to become vampires... Yeah, maybe... Um, undead, living forever. Mm, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 can, I can't figure it out. I can't, maybe it was just... It was basically just an opportunity to give Cordelia that great line. I think it might be. But if anyone listening can bring us any connections between the themes or plot of this episode and the French Revolution, because, you know, we don't, we don't know yeah. much, that much about the French Revolution. There might be yeah. people listening who know more. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if that's you, get in touch. Yes, well, that's a very interesting perspective. Um, would anyone else like to comment? Oh, right. So so they're like straight, they leave the classroom and they're chatting. And I think they're talking about, is Buffy telling Willow maybe about the about Drusilla? Yes. Yeah, because she's been passing the thing. So they kind of follow up on that conversation. They go for a she's little... She's trying to work out who Drusilla is and if she's yeah. like a sexy lover of angels or what. Which we do have to remember, although we've seen Drusilla a few times, Buffy hasn't. Buffy hasn't, yeah. Yeah, because Drusilla's been in the factory with the big Macintosh mm. chairs. Um, 
and I was imagining like them all sitting at that big dining table with their Macintosh chairs and like having dinner. It was like, does vampires need a dining table to like yeah. eat people on? I don't know. Yeah, good, good point. Like it's a proper they, dining table. Maybe they use it for meetings. They probably have meetings. Yeah. Where they like maybe. discuss tactics and stuff. Okay, that could be it. That could be it. It's not like yeah, they don't like they don't have to yeah. Anyway, that was just a thought I had. Um Yeah, I think they mostly eat on the go. Yeah, yeah. Um do, 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 do. yeah, so Buffy hasn't seen hasn't seen Drusilla. This is the first time she's seen Drusilla. So she doesn't know that she's connected to Spike or anything. She just sees the angel connection. Um and this is also like the first this is the first episode that we find out really about Drusilla, which is mm-hmm. quite exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um her story is very cruel. Mm-hmm. Uh but Ford turns up. Ford turns up and is really cuddly with Buffy. The two of them so, are so like, so much PDA hand holding. Like I don't know about you, but like folk that I went to school with, exactly. I just like you know like not people that I, like I haven't seen for a while that I just went to school with, and like yeah, there's like a total taboo with like of like someone who's like a different gender from you and holding yeah. hands and stuff in school and uh yeah they just go right for it they're like holding hands they're cuddling yeah they're like yeah all over each other uh in a way that i mean felt i think it's like, nice yeah it just didn't feel it felt like it was mostly just there to make xander jealous or something it felt unfamiliar to me but then i did not go to high school yeah. in california so maybe they're not- just a little bit more touchy-feely and that's nice not that she was doing it to make Xander jealous, but more to... So that more we can to, have it as a plot the script, point. Yeah, the script would introduce the idea that, like, yeah. I mean, um, Xander doesn't need much to get jealous, but yeah. So the first line he says gives us an insight into Buffy's really horrifying um, tastes what in is food. Because I think she talks about maybe being sad or something. And then... He says, like, oh, well, I'd suggest having some Oreos dunked in apple juice, but I think she grew out of that trend. That's or whatever. right. Yeah. Oreos and apple juice. That sounds horrific. That doesn't sound good at all. It doesn't sound good. It's not like, a, you know, a cup of tea. That's, no. That's a fine place to put an Oreo. But they Do don't. You know, or, no, they maybe do even a milk. Tea sometimes and maybe and even coffee. maybe even some milk, you know, but like like apple juice is all like citrusy and thin and like you know, sour, and then this Oreo, that doesn't work. No, no. It's terrible. No, you I'm should not ha- eat, eat your emotions in a better way. <laughs> <laughs> Have the apple juice and the Oreo separately, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sitting in my room listening to that Divinal song, I touched myself. Of course, I had no idea what it was about. What's happening at the bronze? What's happening at the bronze? Well, I think we've got a game of pool going on, don't we? Mm-hmm. And, uh... Buffy shows up and Ford is already talking to Willow and Xander and is telling them about um, their old school's ninth grade beauty pageant with a swimsuit category. And he doesn't say what um, the story is, but we kind of assume maybe Buffy was in the swimsuit category and maybe something... something embarrassing happened when she was in a swimsuit competition when she was like... In school, when she was like 14? Is that when ninth grade is? I think it's about 14, yeah. Oh, uh, Which, well... you know, like, I went to Catholic school, so maybe I've got, like, <laughs> unrealistic ideas of 
<laughs> what schools are normally like at 14? We didn't have many swimsuit competitions. I'm sure, hopefully they don't have 14-year-old swimsuit beauty pageants now. Well, maybe in California. Really? Oh, I don't dear. Know. Um, I thought, yeah, that was a little bit. But yeah, I mean, they ch- they chose ninth grade for that. They could have chosen one of the older grades. So <laughs> I guess I guess maybe it is well, true. Well, I mean, Buffy was 16 when she arrived in Sunnydale, so... Yeah, true, true. Yeah. So she's not had that long to be in a swimsuit competition no, before that. No, maybe it was like maybe it was like a swimming competition, and that's what they mean by like a swimsuit competition. I you would just say swimming. Yeah, and it you? wouldn't be part of a beauty pageant mm. normally, would it? Um. So yeah, there's that whole like Buffy's Buffy's past life is being told to her new friends and stuff, like, but she's very comfortable. Yeah, she is, she is. She's like brought. She's brought him straight in. She's it's like, pretending okay. not to be comfortable, but she is really. Yeah, yeah. And then um, uh, Angel shows up, mm-hmm. and Ford meets Angel for the first time. And I thought this scene was lovely. So I think Buffy goes to the bar, meets Angel, brings Angel back, and then Ford is meeting Angel for the first time, and he stands up and he's like, "Hi," and Angel just responds by remaining entirely silent. I'm looking stricken. <laughs> so, like, this poor boy is just like, and I think at this point, like Xander said, like, oh, it's Buffy's boyfriend. So, like, this is this guy who's like his friend from school. They're really close, meeting her boyfriend for the first time. And he's like, hi. And then Angel's just like, <laughs> just says nothing in response and just looks like, yeah, like scared and sad, really, really sad. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess that's because he's like jealous of this boy. But you know, you have to, you still have to say hi. Yeah, yeah. And then the rest of the conversation, I think he just stares him down, like until until he leaves. He just narrows his eyes at him in fury until until Ford just goes away. Which is quite a lot, like um, the meeting between him and Owen in series one, where. <laughs> He sort of just looks at him. He looks at him up and down constantly, and it's supposed to be maybe a little bit like kind of like he's sizing up the threat, but it just looks like he's checking him out because <laughs> he's like breathing quite heavily while he does it, and his eyes just keep going up and down, up and down as long as the scene goes, as long as the camera's on. It's like up and down. I um, mean, either way, it's really rude, Angel. Like, yeah, just, just like you know, normal. I know you're a vampire and stuff, but just you're supposed to, you're pretending to be human at this point. Like, make some effort, you know. And is that why, that's why Buffy decides to go? Yeah, because I think because Angel's being a total twat. And then, um, so, yeah, so Buffy goes for a walk with Ford to, like, take mm-hmm. him out of this incredibly uncomfortable situation. And yeah. then uh, Angel gets left behind and Willow's like, do you want to join our game of pool? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then Angel just walks away. Is, is like, he doesn't yeah. even say, like, no, thank you. I've got other stuff to do. He just turns and walks away. Incredibly rude. He's a uh-huh. rude man. <laughs> but but hot and cold because that very night he will be in back Willow's with bedroom. Willow in, yeah, in yeah, her yeah. bedroom. Yeah. Mm. So the first thing I guess is that um, yeah Buffy's walking down and then she know- she hears some sounds and she realizes that she's gonna have to do some slaying. Mm. So she sends Ford back to the bronze for her bag yeah it's it's quite it's quite funny she's like oh i forgot my purse can you go back for it and then he starts to leave and she's like run (laughs) (laughs) 
what would happen? There'd be no purse. She'd just be like, oh, silly me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when she says run, actually. And then she fights the vampires and then Billy Billy sees. And and then uh, she's like, oh, I was uh, there was a cat and then another cat. And then the two cats were fighting. And then I had to break them up or something and like that. And they ran away. Yeah, they ran away. And uh, he's like, oh, I just thought you were slaying some vampires. And it's like, what? He knows? He knows she's a slayer. How does he know? How does he know? How does he know? How does he know? How does, How does he, he know? know? <laughs> How does he know? How does he know any of this? That's not explained, actually, is it? How? There's so many things about him. It's like, how does he know Buffy's the slayer? How did he arrange his... Well, he didn't actually arrange a transfer to Sunnydale. But, like, how, did he, how does he know about Spike, for instance? How does he know that Buffy's the slayer and Spike is in this exact place in the town of Sunnydale and wants the slayer dead? Yeah, is it through the underground vampire fandom? Yeah, why, maybe. Why maybe on like a his parents transferring him to a new school in a new town when he's got six months to live. Well, they don't transfer him because he's okay. not actually. Oh, that's in... right. Sorry. Yeah. However, yeah. why are they burying him in Sunnydale? <laughs> like I was also thinking about this. Like he's buried in Sunnydale, he but he's is not even buried in Sunnydale at the end. Who buried him? So is he? Has he just like left? Are his parents like back home, and he's just left to go to Sunnydale? Presumably, did they? Are they around? Where are his parents? This is yeah. I have questions. I just the the thing that really made me start thinking backwards about all of this was just like he's why is he buried in Sunnydale? That makes no sense. Maybe he like doesn't have any family, or I mean, you still you do normally have to like yeah like funerals. You'd have to pay for them and stuff, and yeah. But we're skipping to the end. But basically, Sorry. Sorry. just just in this episode, it's like there's a lot unexplained about how Ford knows any of it. You know, there is quite. It's a not. Lot it's not. It's not like if your friends like gay or something. You're like, oh, I always knew. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a very specific piece of, a very specific piece oh, of yeah, information. Oh yeah, because they do say that he found out during what we saw in the film during the events of the movie. Oh right, he I found out so. just before she burnt the gym down. Yeah. So he knew from before. So that is kind of covered, but we still don't find out like how he found out. Or... Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there was a, a cat, a cat here, and um, then there was a, another cat, and they fought the cats, and then they left. Is it like immediately after they chat and she finds out? When when do we when do we get to the bit with the? What happens right right after that? I think Angel shows up in Willow's bedroom. Yes, that is the next thing. Yes, so Angel shows up in the bedroom and he doesn't trust Ford, uh, as we have noted. Uh, And he has no reason to not trust Ford uh, again. No, he just doesn't trust Ford because Ford's close to Buffy and he's weird and jealous. So just because his jealousy in this exact instant did point him in the right direction it doesn't mean it's a valid feeling absolutely not and i think willow does you know cover this in quite a bold manner which i was glad of mm-hmm. willow's uh, like well, although she then kind of relents and is like oh your jealousy is really cute and it's not yeah yeah um i liked her throwing her um bra away 
That was very cute. Yeah, she's embarrassed because Angel's in her bedroom and she's got bras in her bedroom. Yeah, yeah. And she wears um, like an oversized t-shirt to bed, which is like quite an infantilizing sort of thing. Like, you know, it's more like, you know, compared to Buffy who like wears, I guess, pajamas or something, there's something a bit more adult about that. And there's something about wearing a very large t-shirt that comes down to your knees that's very like... Willow is a lot more innocent. Do you I know? mean, in terms of our cultural symbolism, I think really wearing an oversized T-shirt to bed is very adult. Really? Well, yeah, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> more so than pyjamas. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, has her bedroom changed much since the last time you took note of the items in it? I thought it might have changed, but then I thought we'd maybe just seen it from a different angle. Did her bedroom always have a door that led directly to the garden? Uh... I can't remember if it did. She has like an, I mean, it's very convenient, but yeah, she has like an outer, outer door to the outside of the house that goes straight into her bedroom. Um, well, I mean, it might actually be onto the roof because, you know, Angel can fly apparently or something. He's always up on the roofs. Uh, did you notice the crazy, like, mobile kinetic sculpture? That was above cool. I really like that. Bedroom about, and it's like, is it shapes because she likes science and therefore she likes geometry and geometrical shapes? I guess so. But it's it's very much like a very large, a larger version of the kind of small mobile that you would have above a baby's cot. Yes. <laughs> like to teach to teach them about the shapes and the colors. Like they're all like they're all like very bold, like primary kind of uh, colors and primary shapes. And um, <gasps> yeah, it's quite. It's like the kind of thing she probably bought on a trip to the science museum or something. Of course, of course yeah. she did. And then Angel comes in and he's like, "I want you to track someone down." Full stop. On the net, <laughs> spoken <laughs> like a true vampire. Yeah, he doesn't really yeah. know what the net is, but but Willow does, so it's okay. So Willow she does. she spends like three seconds. She just types. Presumably, she types into Google. Um, does Google's Bill is it Billy Ford? Is his name? Yeah, Billy Fordham. Tell tell me about Billy Fordham, and it's like he doesn't go to Sunnydale High. <laughs> well, is it the fir- is the first thing she does look at records? Oh, this was it. This was it. Um, <laughs> Angel goes. I need anything records affiliates <laughs> what's an affiliate like people that he's pals with is that what it is i, I thought it was really like know. that sounded like something you would like file in your tax return like an affidavit <laughs> or something <laughs> but yeah he's just like yeah records affiliates i want to know about his affiliates i was like use your fucking words he's a 16 man. year old boy 16 year old boys don't have affiliates <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I find that really funny. So our thumbs, do they stick out? I mean, have you ever seen a thumb and gone, wow, that baby is sore? And she, yeah, she goes straight into the straight into the records for the school because Willow is this incredible hacker person and she always gets into the records and finds out he's he's not uh, registered or enrolled at the school. So it starts to be, is that the first... No, I think we've already seen... Have we already seen him? I think we've already maybe seen him go into the club. Oh, have we? Does that come before? So we do also have a little visit to the vampire club. I think that so. He, turn- scene, yeah. he turns up and uh, I noticed the sunrise plaque above the door. Did you see it? It was very nice. I would, I would, I would, I would own that. I would have that up in my house. I would probably Cause... go to this club. It's pretty... <laughs> it's, it seems like... I mean, the bronze is obviously the best club in Sunnydale. This is more like the catty. Yeah. (laughs) 
Sunnydale like you has could a see that you, cool clubs. You could imagine someone going around with the plate of toasties in that <laughs> club, you know, like at 2 a.m. in the cat house. <gasps> um, but yeah, this is like a private club anyway, mm-hmm. members mm-hmm. only, only for the the fans of the lonely ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so this is this is kind of a bit of a weird, and this is an interesting one as well because like you know when we talk about kind of like what is Buffy doing? And Buffy is like engaging with vampires in a way that they are already a pop cultural thing. Do you know? It's 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 not a vampire movie like Dracula where like Dracula is, is unknown. It's like it is happening in the world where people know about vampires. They have a whole pop culture built up around mm. them. And this is an episode that sort of looks at that and imagines like, oh, what if like vampires had like a weird sort of toxic fandom? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we meet we meet Chanterelle, Chanterelle, Chanter Chanterelle, the blonde lassie. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, who will be back in in other episodes of Buffy and Angel. She crosses over into Angel. Mm. Um, but yeah, she's a she's a sweet, confused girl. She is. Yeah, I think like, yeah, she's probably of all of the characters we've seen so far, she might be the most recognizable as a teenager to me yeah no she does definitely uh diego doesn't really seem like a teenager uh diego's the guy with the with the really shiny cape oh yeah 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 no he seems like a an adult mm-hmm. an adult mm-hmm. man but she yeah and i feel like um i probably had a a touch of chanterelle about me as a teenager maybe more i could see that i could see you as a chanterelle yeah Yeah. if you had if you'd like bleached your hair yeah and i would have probably talked earnestly to you about how vampires were misunderstood (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure you have actually (laughs) (laughs) we welcome anyone who's interested in the lonely ones okay so we've we've figured out that there's something weird they think vampires rock and therefore, it's probably, it's not a coincidence that Billy is in, that Ford is in Sunnydale. Yeah, and we don't know quite how weird until Ford, um, I think, pretty much looks at the camera and says, I want to do what every American teenager wants to do or deserves to do. Die young and stay pretty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he's, uh, it's funny, like, he was in Roswell. Do you remember Roswell? No. Yeah, so it was like kind of um, I was a teen, uh, alien themed like TV soap opera type thing in the vein of Buffy. It was it was like a Dawson's Creek, except half of them were aliens. Mm. Um, so he uh, yeah, became a bit of a teen heartthrob, I guess after after Buffy. I think he was in Buffy first, and then and then this afterwards. Um, and that is in fact what the camera does to to like these stars of teen shows do you know they're like kind of frozen in that age oh. forever you know oh, so gosh. so and that whole like live live uh live fast die young or like you know stay pretty forever or whatever mm-hmm. it's like that's that's also kind of very built into the whole like kind of mm-hmm. film star heartthrob you know um industry very I deep think. so it's quite interesting the way that the vampirism comes into the whole popular culture that it's mm-hmm. also sort of taking a part in the episode mm-hmm. and maybe and maybe gives you a sense of why they've become so kind of like misguided in 
in believing that vampires are this like kind of pop culture the way they are they're very glamorous or whatever it kind of so they're sort of mixing the two together but they're actually it's the pop cultural element of them that is the thing they're attracted to because the reality is is brutal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as we know as we know um okay so yeah uh willow in the bedroom finds out and then uh, that's that scene over i think in the bedroom is it uh, have we mm-hmm. got anything mm-hmm. else and then oh oh twitchy twitchy willow the next day oh because she's like embarrassed because angel came to see her in her bedroom no it's it's not that she's embarrassed it's that um she is uh she's nervous she doesn't want to lie to buffy that's right because she knows about ford um not being enrolled at sunnydale high and she's just like pulling her hands and she's like looking at she looks so um tormented like and then Buffy turns up she's like oh hi I go to the library and the books where the book is and um, it's really really cute and then she's like Willow fess up she's like what <laughs> um, no more caffeine uh, it makes you jumpy and she goes like ha 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 yes <laughs> so cute she's just uh, like you you can't handle your caffeine either can you I really can't no I've started having half calf these days just like uh-huh. bringing a little bit of caffeine back in like one scoop caffeinated one scoop decaf oh does that work for you yeah i think it kind of is even enough you know um but yeah i i i feel willow here i've I've had to i've had to go to decaf coffee because just a bit too much just a bit too a bit a bit too jittery like that um i do that nervous laugh too (laughs) (laughs) um let's see yeah there what else is happening does Giles call Billy cute? I don't remember. Yeah, he says something like, oh, does this have... Oh, yeah, so 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 Buffy's like, Giles, don't worry, he knows. And then he's like, mm, oh, uh, yes, okay, quite. Uh, um, Buffy, uh, please talk for a minute. And then he's like, "This, you're not telling your secret to impress cute boys, are you? And That's I was like, right. Giles, Giles knows that Ford's cute. He's, he's, you know. <laughs> I like that this. I would say that this is not a part of Giles's normal linguistic repertoire, and he is such a good teacher that he is using. He's learning and understanding and using the language of his, um, his pupils so that so that he can, he yes. can understand their worlds better. Exactly. Like yeah. No. Absolutely. It's it's like a shibboleth. Mm. in in that sentence when he says cute boys you know that but i just thought it was like it was quite nice that it's like oh he recognizes there's a cute boy he fits into the cute boy spectrum in this in this school absolutely um another thing i was wondering is all of the paintings in the club actually in the Um, sunset club in the sunset club they're all like they all look like french nobility hey maybe that's the connection to the french revolution oh do you think I don't know. I haven't actually checked. Do you think but like Marie all Antoinette was a vampire. All of the paintings look like um like Louis the whatever or something. Do you know what I mean? Like they all Yeah, they all they all look like kind of um those sorts of like noble noble noblery? Noblery? Is that a word? If there's any like experts on eighteenth century art listening, then mm-hmm. yeah, please have a look at that artwork and tell us if it connects this episode to the French Revolution. Okay, so then, so Angel, who's supposed to be the good guy, uh, meets Buffy in the house to ostensibly tell her about 
Ford, mm-hmm. but uh, he also has to tell Buffy about himself as well. He has mm. to say who Drusilla is. He has to tell the story about. So, do, can you do you know the story of Drusilla? Drusilla um, was someone who, when she was human and Angel was a vampire, he um, he eventually made her a vampire. But first, he drove her mad by mm. killing everybody she knew until she ran away to a nunnery, and then when she became a nun, he killed her. And made her a vampire, mm. which is one of the darkest. Uh, it's incredibly dark, actually. For series two of Buffy, I think mm. that's a really dark concept when you start thinking about it for too long. Mm. He wanted her, her, her like punishment. <coughs> her, he wanted her pain and her suffering to last forever. So he made sure that she would be totally insane before he turned her into a vampire. And presumably, that's... like there was like a like he fancied her, and there was like a sort of sexual element to why he wanted because there always mm-hmm. is when when they make another because she was when they create a vampire he says that doesn't he yeah um, he wanted to corrupt her yeah so that makes it even even darker it's it's very mm. dark very very it's dark. very 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 dark mm. um and eventually yeah he uh sh- she what is it she he says to her like oh there's there's some things it's like sometimes the truth is worse you live long enough, you find that out. Uh, which, again, is the theme of the episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but then she goes, maybe I'm the one that should decide. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. Buffy. Totally. Mm-hmm. So she finds out about Ford. But we don't see the conversation so much. We just see Angel say. And then it kind of goes to this like shot outside the window. I also felt very annoyed with Angel in this scene when Buffy's like, just tell me the truth. And he's like, he's basically like, you can't handle the truth. Yeah. He's like, yeah. But he's like, oh, no, I can't tell you the truth. because some... And like he, the, the lie that he's told. So he'd lied to her saying that he hadn't been out anywhere where he had he'd been out talking to Drusilla. So that mm-hmm. was definitely like a lie to save his own ass. That wasn't him trying to protect Buffy from something yeah. in some kind of noble way. Like, oh, I just didn't tell you the truth because I wanted to keep you safe. Like, yeah, no, yeah. that particular lie that she's talking about was just you not wanting to get in trouble for talking to another woman. Um and not wanting to like tell her about this bad thing that you did when you were a vampire with Drusilla. So like, yeah, the fact that he like tries to make that all like, ooh, I'm all mysterious and noble, and yeah. I say things like sometimes the truth, sometimes la- the truth is worse than lies, and and things <laughs> like that. And like, no, you're just being a dick. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, man. Oh. Um, look, um, she's old enough to kiss. Then she's old enough to tell the truth about yeah, your man. things, you know. Yeah, man. Oh, he's such a jerk. When Angel came to my room, he was just really concerned for you. And... Does he meet Buffy in the in like the 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 open area bit in the I don't know what you have to call it. I want I want to call it the quad, you know. Sure. Yeah, of Sunnydale High School, and the camera kind of spins around the two of them in a really weird kind of sort of an anesthetized kind of way. Is this the uh, point where by now we've quite thoroughly discovered his that he's like bad and he's not all he seems and then his mannerisms totally change? Yeah, exactly. Um, which I kind of enjoyed because although it doesn't make if we're watching all this from like, you know, a bird's eye view, omniscient kind of view, it doesn't make sense that his mannerisms change, but I guess like 
if we're seeing everything through Buffy's eyes, then it makes sense. Yeah. So I yeah, thought it was I really suppose. interesting that his mannerisms totally change when Buffy finds out that he's bad, but he doesn't know that Buffy knows he's bad at this point. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, yeah, it's you're right. It's like it's like her perspective. Um, we have missed the fact that Angel went back to the club with Xander and Willow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's not a huge amount to say other than the fact that you know Angel finds it quite like I think he fi- finds it being quite uncomfortable there. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, um, they all stick out like sore thumbs, which you know Willow has a wee chat about. But it's sore thumbs that they actually stick out. Um, but yeah, the point is that Xander and Willow and Angel have all been in on this now. They all, by the time Angel's told Buffy, it's been a thing that's been working in the background. Like all of their friends have been like working together behind her back. Mm-hmm. You know, and she feels For a bit her, left out. She feels a bit left out. She feels a little bit hurt by it, um, you know, and she feels a little bit kind of. I guess there's something quite embarrassing, or sort of like you know, you feel like oh, like they've all been thinking about how blind I am, or like yeah. how stupid I am, or whatever. Because yeah, they're like privy to to this thing that sort of she's been taken advantage of. I get um, it. Um, one of my which has that same thing about you know if if you find out like I don't know like you know your friends don't like someone you're seeing or something mm. like that there and then you find out afterwards and you're like oh one of my favorite ever my one of my favorite ever Willow moments is uh is around this point when uh Xander says to her like so I think Buffy's said like oh you've all been working behind my back and then Xander says to Willow, well, Angel was in your bedroom, and then Willow's just like, she's so like her comic timing is so good. Willow's just like, ours is a forbidden love. <laughs> and what is yeah, the thing is, when Willow specifically says, "Oh, Buffy, when he came into my room, I didn't want to believe it," or something like that. There, do you know? Like, so she could have just been like. Oh, when Angel came to me, you know, mm. she like she really doesn't have to say when he came into my room. Mm. That's a that's a bit of a flex from Willow. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit yeah. of a flex from Willow. I have to say, and it I'm allowing it. I'm absolutely that, that didn't come out by it. accident. She no, she no, very no. much knew she was flagging <laughs> up that she had a sexy vampire in her bedroom. Yeah, and absolutely, so, she deserves a flex. Yeah, she deserves yeah. a flex. I mean, she's had. Buffy like dancing all up on Xander when she fancied Xander and like yeah like you would want a little bit of like uh your boyfriend came to my bedroom mate yeah. <laughs> oh oh so okay I uh, in my drunken state last night I've written this is a good analogy for the new middle class consumers <laughs> so I think what I mean here is this you are highbrow tonight yeah right so this is kind of what I was maybe trying to say earlier like um in the, I guess, like the 60s and 70s and 80s, there was like a lot more like kind of wealth creation for a lot of people. A lot of people rose out of um, being like, you know, kind of having less money to spend uh, to having uh, more disposable income um, and, you know, became a sort of a new middle class. But that new middle class is actually, as we see today, much more precarious than maybe people thought it was, right? Like people kind of, rose up in like uh social mobility or whatever but that can all be taken away by you know one financial crisis let alone two mm-hmm. um but the problem is those voting patterns once people become middle class and consumers they vote thinking that their interests are the interests of the elite 
So they'll vote along with, you know, the Tories, for instance, or the Republicans, because they think, oh, I'm actually more like a millionaire than I am like these working class people, mm-hmm. right? There's like that kind of separating themselves and they think that. And then they fuck themselves uh, because they'll end up voting for someone like the Tories who impose austerity for 10 years and then lots of them fall out of that middle class and back down into like more precarious thing. So I was trying to, in my drunken way, make that connection that these these vampire fans, they're a lot like the new middle class they think that the vampire's interests are their interests, but actually to the vampire, they're they're just humans. They're all part of the same mass. They're worshipping gods who don't give a fuck about them. Yes, because mm-hmm. they see themselves as, you know, almost of the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's it. An analogy for the new middle class. Can we link that to the French Revolution? <laughs> I think we probably can. I don't know enough about the French Revolution. No, me neither. But but I feel like maybe maybe there's something in there. Maybe there's something in there that we can connect it with. Episode (laughs) 7, Lie to Me, in which? The new middle class's misplaced identification with the elites becomes a teenage vampire death cult. Excellent. (laughs) There you go, perfect. Oh, God, I was on the spot there. Well done. You don't have to be so confrontational about it. Other viewpoints than yours may be valid, you know. Right, so where are we? So I think this is kind of the point where it all goes fighty, right? Yes, so so Buffy turns up. We know Ford's a baddie. Um, Buffy shows up to fight the vampire wannabe baddies. Um, the vampire cult but then Ford's like well I counted on you coming here the whole time and he's made a plan with Spike that he's gonna swap he's gonna give Spike the slayer and in return Spike's gonna make him a vampire Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's like Buffy's like oh no you don't fight you fight you fight um and then it turns out that like all his little pals think that they're part of the deal where they're going to become vampires too. But Ford's mm-hmm. like, actually, no, the deal's just that I'm going to become a vampire. Mm-hmm. But then he kind of is like, actually, also, by the way, um, I have <laughs> terminal cancer and I'm going to be dead in six months. Yeah. So I'm going to be turned into a vampire before that. So it's yes. a be a vampire or nothing. And it's very, very yeah. sad. It is. Yeah. No, it is. Um, it's very and affecting again, this scene. And Buffy is, Buffy's pretty struck as well. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he knows, you know, he knows that that works. Like he knows that because he kind of says like, oh, does that like ruin this pretty picture you have about like the good guys and the bad guys? Mm. And that's exactly, again, with the theme of the episode, it's not just like your friends will lie to you. That's not that's not what makes hard uh, hard about growing up. It's more like people are complex and they're not just that one thing, right? Mm. Like um, This episode th- really does have layers. Layers on layers yeah. and layers of metaphors of layers. And as well as building relationships between the characters and kind of building, you know, that kind of element of the show, this is also uh, has a, a really mythology building line mm. when she's talking to Billy. Yes, about, because about vampires. And it, it ties into some of what we've been talking about, about like all that we were informs all that we become. Yeah. Because we've wondered about whether vampires, wh- what the relationship is between a vampire and the person they were before they became a vampire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
and this kind of gets built on throughout but we haven't really addressed it much yet at this point we know that angel was a not was like a not evil person and then did really awful things when he was a vampire but buffy says to um ford you won't just live forever you die and then a demon latches on and moves and walks and talks and uses your body and looks like you but it's not you Mm -hmm. so that really kind of lays some groundwork maybe shakes up some of our assumptions about what vampires are and how they become vampires yeah, like later on it will be mentioned that the vampire gets your memories. Yeah, and it definitely it it gets complicated and re-complicated. Like it's not it's maybe but not as simple as Buffy makes out at this point. Yeah, we're definitely this is the first time that we're like when you kill a vampire like well, I mean, I think maybe that it does come up with Jesse because they have to talk about that in the first episode mm. about to kind of be like, oh, but it's that's not your friend. But it's, it's not a demon. usually laid out so explicitly. Yeah. But yeah, this way it's laid out. It's very memorable, and mm. it very much is just like that is a a new thing that is in the body of that person. Mm. Um, a lot, so, yeah. a lot of work gets done in this episode. We're going to ascend to a new level of consciousness, become like them, like the lonely ones. So fighty, 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 fighty. Um. Drusilla is there with the others but she's not as strong as the others she's still kind of recovering from uh, the angry mob trying to kill her in Prague I guess Um, so she's still kind of getting her strength back so fighty 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 and then Buffy manages to get them out by grabbing Drusilla and holding her knife at stake point and being like and then like backing out through the door and escaping that way she has a very good quip oh yeah what is it again she says, like, call your men off or your girlfriend fits in an ashtray. That's right. That's, That's right. a good one. It was good. That's very good. good. Very strategic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also, you know, using using <coughs> those sort of, like, uh, those complicated affections, mm. much like she's been navigating to mm-hmm. as a weapon against Spike. Mm. Um, and, yeah, they lock them in. And uh, it's just Billy and the vampires now, Ford and the vampires. And we see that uh, he tells them, well, I did my end of the bargain, so you need to turn me into vampire. Mm. And then, like, fades out. So we we don't quite see what happens. Um, is the next scene is uh, Buffy comes and finds the body. Yeah. The next morning. Uh, and the, the hinge has been torn off the door. Mm. And then, then Ford gets buried in Sunnydale. For some um, reason, for whatever reason. For some reason. reason, no idea why. Uh, have they told his family about this? Maybe they just had a private burial. I don't know. And like but gravestones cost a lot. Like, has, have they chipped in for that? Maybe his GoFundMe? family were in on the whole thing and they moved. Maybe his fa- At 16, it'd be pretty hard to move to a new place by yourself. Like, maybe his that- family moved to Sunnydale because they wanted him to be able to become a vampire. Okay, here, here, think about it this way. If you were a parent of a terminally ill child, yeah. would you not do anything in your power? To make sure they could be a vampire. To make sure that they, yeah, survived yeah. their illness. Yeah. So maybe there's a theory. Maybe, maybe his parents were in on it. Maybe we don't see, but maybe you know, maybe they approved of this. You know, experimental treatment. We might call it. His mum probably got a job at the art gallery with Joyce. Yeah. Mm. 
most likely. We don't see Joyce in this episode. This would have been, I think, this would have been a nice episode to have a have like an episode uh, have a have a scene with where Joyce sees Billy and they've got like a pre-existing relationship oh, and they're very friendly nice. and he's like a bit he's a bit flirty with her probably as well oh, too. You know, we could do like, some fan fiction. We can, that, yeah, we can. And there was also a, there was a cut exchange in this where um, Buffy says, "Do you know? Do they know about fun in England?" And Giles says. Yes, but it's considered very poor taste to have any. <laughs> and I think that explains a lot of the politics for the last 10 years here as well, too. Yeah, yeah. He knows <laughs> us. He sees us, Giles. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the episode ends with, with this uh, uh, talk between Giles and, and Buffy. In the yeah. graveyard. And it's a lovely... I really like this closing scene. Mm-hmm. I really um, do. Their relationship, it's just... It's, very poignant, very true. It's just a lovely scene. She asks if it gets easier and then says she says lie to me. And do you, do you know what Giles's lie was? I didn't write it down, but... Um, so she says, I believe it's called growing up. And then I thought I was very touched by the way Buffy says, Giles, like, I believe it's called growing up as in things getting more complicated. Yeah. And Buffy's like, I'd like to stop then, okay? Yes, that's also very sweet. Very sweet. And then she says, does it get easier? What? Life? And Giles, and and she tells Giles she wants him to lie to her. Uh-huh. Um, and he says, "Yeah, it's great. Um, the you can tell when someone's bad because they've got pointy horns um, <laughs> and uh, uh, black hats and yeah, yeah. Um, everything's just gets much simpler. Um, everything's straightforward. You always know what everybody's thinking." Yeah. Um. And various lies like this, and 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 nobody ever dies. And nobody ever dies. And we know that, unfortunately, this is not true. But we also would like Giles to just come and maybe just like spoon us <laughs> and and tell us some lies and hold us and just tell us that um that absolutely everything is going to be all right and uh, everything does get easier. But Buffy, the last thing in the light is Buffy says liar. Yes. And I think that says that, you know, you can't go back. You can't. No, once you know, you know. Once you know, you know. That's it. You can't You can't unthink a thought. Mm. Sorry, everyone. 